Hey, this is your Aunties Could Never, a podcast where you get to hear from your favourite aunties who have all the real talk with our thoughts on what's going on in the world. We'll be reminiscing about what it was like back in our day, and most importantly, we'll be helping you sort out your daily dilemmas with advice only your coolest auntie will give. I'm Auntie AK, and I'm here with... Auntie Farah. Auntie Nana. Auntie Sade. And Auntie Sarita. What have you heard, ladies? What have you heard? So over the last few days, there's been some footage of um, police officers in Brooklyn and in the Bronx brutalizing African-Americans and Latinos, you know, just casually out, not like in large numbers or anything like that. And I'm talking about teenagers and adults minding their own business or just wondering what's going on with the teenagers in comparison to large crowds of people gathering in parks in New York and being handed out face masks by the police over there. So I've seen so much footage of this and it's just, there's more and more footage coming out and it is just incensing me how in this day and age, this is still happening. I mean, I feel like we talk about this all the time, but it's still happening and just how blatantly it's happening. What are your thoughts? Did any of you see this story, these stories? Yeah, I saw one in um, Birmingham. There was a guy, was he, sorry, it was Birmingham or Manchester. I can't remember the accent, but it was up north. A black guy had just gone to deliver something to his mum and then she'd given him a tree to take for some reason or something. And then the police just, and you you know you always see in these videos when um, the police know they're in the wrong, but because of their egos and because they have to, prove a point they continue and everyone was coming out in the neighborhood like what what are you doing why are you doing this and, blah, blah, blah. and he, the boy the man literally had done nothing wrong and they called bully vans and all that type of stuff and i think he was taken away i want to know what happened to him i have no idea so it's happening here too maybe not on the same scale as america i don't have nothing to say but we knew that this was going to be disproportionately targeting black people and brown people because that's what they do the one that i saw um i think it was the brooklyn one and I just felt like this was the same thing, but these videos are surfacing. Like nothing seemed new. It didn't seem to be particularly corona related. It seemed to be kids on the street being harassed by the police, which is always there, hasn't stopped. But for some reason, these videos seem to stop. So I'm really questioning at this moment in time, why are these videos surfacing again? Like there seems to be a real pattern to it. Like they, they come out and then we get bombarded by this and then black people get really angry. Then they stop. We think it stops, but it hasn't stopped. It's just that we're not seeing the footage and then the footage comes again. I feel that the way it gets put out and the people that share it, it's not that you're, they're sharing it out of malice, but I think there's a real... Um, programming to the footage that comes out and then is allowed to be shared I think is very calculated so the police are the police but I really think that we need to critically analyze why these videos come out and they disappear for a certain time when we know it keeps on happening I'm not sure about that I mean I think you're right that sometimes this footage comes out and sometimes it doesn't but I reckon it's come out now because they want to show whoever it is that's leaking this footage if they're leaking this footage I mean there definitely was a video that was CCTV so that was leaked somehow but I think it's come out because they pick times that can heighten or rather best demonstrate the vast contrast in how white people are treated and how black people are treated or you know minorities are treated i think when there's the height of it and there's loads and loads and loads coming out sometimes it can be a bit of overkill 
sometimes then you get old footage that's remixed as new footage and then sometimes it's you want to know why it is coming out but these things I, I think as far as said it's just shown a disproportionate treatment towards us collectively and then and I just think it wasn't surprising they said it from when stop and search when they were going to say the police had powers to stop and search and detain I think my daughter's boyfriend said that he was out training with friends they were socially distancing and they got moved on by the police um, I don't know if that in, and again in comparison I don't know if that is that's happened to groups of white boys and all that type of stuff but I was saying that it wouldn't be wise. I wouldn't feel comfortable being a young black boy, especially going out to do anything with more than one person, even with one person with me, who's not like of a family member. When all this stuff goes down, we will always be first targeted. So I'm not even surprised. But I just think the wider conversation is like, what is going to change and when will it change? Will it ever change? Can we make change? I think everyone's got apathy when it comes to this type of shit as well, because like it's nothing ever changes and it's getting worse. I think it's probably a reflection well, not even a reflection, but it's probably the same in in New York, the same police officers that patrol those areas anyway. Do you know what I mean? So they're probably just abusing their power as much as they can, really, but because they can at this moment in time. And, it, you know, the Lord's more on their side. What's new here? I think these things do come in waves, though. And that's a lot to do with social media and um, how that works and algorithms and all that kind of stuff. So depending on what content you watch, you're more probably more likely to see similar content as well. It's just really sad that you're just reminded yet again that we are a target. I did see one really good comment on um, a stream that I was reading. I think it could have been on Charlemagne the God's post when he posted it. And somebody in there is a lawyer. And he was like, the only way this is going to change is not to hope that the cops are going to be prosecuted, is actually to find a lawyer to sue the actual policeman and the department. So there's like a limit on how much they can spend out on these things. And the more cases where people are suing them, the less likely it's going to happen because then they'll start sacking people. So there's no need to go through the prosecution route because that ain't going to happen because the law is on their side. But in terms of suing them, it's different panels that they go to. That's a solution. Like instead of continuously talking about it, like we hope that somehow some judge is going to um, go against the police department and that's never going to happen actually is about just suing them yeah i think targeting individuals might be the way to do it because at the moment like you said the law is on their side and they all look out for each other and it's like hush hush so if they actually go for the person and i guess like you said the smaller branches so maybe something will change but yeah obviously something does have to change next story my story i saw today on twitter so sometimes when a celebrity trends a lot of people are like, oh my God, don't look, just in case they died. But um, this was Oli Mers, so I wasn't really particularly fussed. So I did look, and he'd, <laughs> he posted a video that he recorded on TikTok of himself doing a prank. And it was very off-brand. So what he did, he cut the, the base of the Pringles packet, he cut, so you could put, it's like a tube now. So there's no lid. So what he did, he put it on his lap, <laughs> Next to his um, girlfriend or wife or whatever, and they're eating Pringles, and the last one's gone, so she has to put her hand into the Pringles. And then she obviously did not get a Pringle, she got something else, and she looked really pissed off, as I would too. And he started laughing. So everyone on Twitter is like, hold on, not only is this Ollie Murs, 
this didn't look consensual. <laughs> 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 blurred lines. Could a different celebrity get away with it, or is it just because it's Oli Murd that we're all like fun and really baffled? Because me personally, I'm like, okay, if that's the kind of humor they do at home, that's cool. You don't need to upload it and post it. Keep that to yourself. I don't know. I just think other people get away with it, but not Oli Murs. What I found really funny, and it said it in the comments too, is how far she had to put her hand down the back. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it as well, and I was like, what is he doing when he was cutting the base of the Pringles? And then even when he was sat down, I didn't quite get it. And then eventually, obviously, it became quite clear. And you're right, it's not on brand. Like, this is the same guy. Doesn't he do the voice kids? I can't remember which one he does. And I should really know that. Yeah, it's just not on brand. I think if it was somebody else who's known as a prankster, it probably would go down a lot better. It just didn't, there was too many distractions. I, I was distracted by his hair. I was distracted. <laughs> <laughs> just everything about that whole TikTok. I didn't hear about it. I, actually, I saw it trending, but again, he's not someone I'm interested in, so I didn't bother to click into it and I didn't think he'd passed either. Because I don't care about him on follow him, it doesn't bother me whether it's on brand or not. I can't even give an opinion on that, but it's the more about the harassment side of things that people are jumping on. I don't know if you're with your partner, it's your consenting partner, right? So the thin line. No, I, th I think if it's my partner and he's done that as a joke, I don't see how then the um, consent conversation comes in because he's my man. Unless are they in an abusive relationship? Is he manipulative? Is she approved? Does she not like those type of things? So without knowing all of that, that's just a prank. It's an ill-timed prank because no one wants to see Oli Mears doing it. <laughs> but in, regard, in regards to it being um, something to do with consent and violation, I wouldn't think that of my partner, if my partner did that. Maybe it's around uploading something like that, but she's not the one who's really embarrassed, it's him. Because especially if people are saying, she's got to reach far <laughs> down into the... <laughs> get the last Pringle. I'm a bit stuck on this whole consent part of it all. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, I can't see how, if they are in a relationship, that to me is just like a, a stupid prank that probably doesn't have a place on TikTok though. I think that's slightly inappropriate for his fan base because they're young kids, like you're proper pop, but can't see it as a violation really. Maybe she should look in stuff before she puts her hand in it. Yeah, I just think he's a bit dumb. That's all, like, it just showed, okay, Oli Merz is a bit dumb, like, that's all. <laughs> What's he doing and why? Just a bit attention-seeking, especially because, you know, every celebrity is jumping on the TikTok wave as well. So he's probably just trying to get views. I don't really see it as, like, a violation either. But unless she literally comes out and says, like, you know, I was really deeply offended by that. But I would assume that there will be some sort of consent of that video even being uploaded. You know, there's a whole process in the, in the things. It wasn't on live. It's edited to a certain degree as well. But I do agree, though, I think his audience is, or the perception of his audience is, that they could potentially be quite impressionable. So, and I don't think that that is behaviour that young people should be copying because they might not be in a stable relationship for X amount of years and have full consent and all that kind of stuff. So, no, in that sense, it's not good for people to be copying that behaviour because no, I don't want to reach into a Pringle tube and fill your dick no, <laughs> to do that. And then I've eaten Pringles that have touched your dick. That's disgusting. <laughs> Sorry. No, thank you. Right. I didn't even think of that. That's disgusting. <laughs> I don't know what flavour it was, if that makes sense. Salt and vinegar, it's green. Disgrace. Yeah. And then you're having the salt on your dick as well. Yeah. Like, seriously. 
Sorry. Isn't it sour cream? Yeah. The green oh, is it maybe sour cream? cream. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. That's, even That's even worse. That's even I mean, worse. I... <laughs> yeah. Oh, gross. But if my boyfriend did it to me, I would laugh. I'd find it funny. Be like, you're so <laughs> dumb. Would not be bothered. It'd just be like, you're an idiot. Why are you offended by it, Cerise? I'm not offended. I was just asking the question. Oh, because you I think you're... I'm more offended that it's Ollie Murs because to me, he's. I don't, I don't know what he's on, like X Factor or something. So it is, mm. his, your audience is young and yeah. family orientated. It's very like afternoon ITV, not quite BBC, but still. Maybe if he was on Channel 4, it would have been a bit different. Next headline. I'll stick from last week, what we were talking about, and I'll go with this headline that is um, all over the place from last week that Trump has said that he will not participate in the Who's distribution of the vaccine trials. So again, further backing up my back signal <laughs> transmission <laughs> that I was getting from the Trumpster, he's come, he's followed through on this, that there was a signal going out to people to mind their backs when it comes to the vaccine. <laughs> okay. I'm starting to worry about you. <laughs> <laughs> like, Normally, you, like, I'm with you, in it. I'm there. But, like, all this Trump stuff, I'm, I'm, re- I'm really, really starting to worry about you. I think that Trump doesn't want the vaccines to happen because he's an alien. <laughs> That's what I think. I think he's an alien. And the other day when the Pentagon released the pictures, it was his people. And he's an alien. And if he has the vaccine and they have to take any kind of blood work, they're going to realise that Trump is an alien. I mean, I told you that you look, I was abduct- abducted the other day, so like, <laughs> <laughs> <"Is that?" laughs> I was. Okay, he's an anti-vaxxer, that's fine. But then as we said last week, if he wanted to say go against the vaccine, he would, and he has. So there's no need for that weak-ass back signal that wasn't a back signal, more like a freaking worm signal. I don't know what <laughs> it definitely wasn't a back signal. Um, but yeah, we're not, I don't think that's surprising. He doesn't like backs. And that's the only part that I... Because I'm, I'm like, this rushed vaccination thing that they're doing, oh, that, that leads into one of the stories that I was going to talk about, but then I might as well add it in now. They said that there's been a polio outbreak in Africa because of a mutation, because you know they give you the vaccine that's got the, um, the illness in it. Mm-hmm. A mutation of that particular manufactured strand has caused another outbreak in Africa. So this is a vaccine that's been trialed and tested, but yet it's now evolved into something else and causing more problems. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is where... Anti, like people who are for vaccines will cuss me, but I'm not ready to take a COVID vaccine that's just been sorted out in half an hour. I'm not doing it. I'm, this is where I'd rather walk around with a mask for the rest of my life than take a vaccine in this way that hasn't been tried and tested over, over a certain amount of time. I don't, I'm not trusting of that. And that's like the same like the HPV vaccine that they tried to really, the way they used to force or make my daughter's year, especially at high school, feel very guilty for not taking it. And they said, yeah. they called my daughter into the office, like, why haven't you taken it? And she's like, my mum said no. And they were like, you know, you don't need consent from your mum. They were bullying her, making her feel bad that she didn't take it. And I said, I'm not having it. You're not taking it because there's not enough research. And why are you forcing girls to take it? So I don't trust this type of quick forcation of vaccination. So I'm scared to say I'm with Trump on this. Don't be scared. 
And I'm not because a fellow alien brother, isn't it? Because now I'm <laughs> So Trump, uh, I mean, yeah, he's a anti-vaxxer, so you would expect that from him. But then he should, I do believe that he should say it with his whole chest, though. I think it's disingenuous for him to be promoting something that he's not himself going to take. That's across the board. So even in our country, in the UK, Boris and them, all of them, they need to take it too. I want to see them take it live. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to see I that do. happen before. Yeah, right? Like, before yeah. we take it as well. I agree with you, Auntie AK. It takes time to create a good vaccine. There's always been choice, I think, in this country in particular about taking a vaccine. If we go into the territory where it's enforced, uh, that's going to make me feel very, very, very uncomfortable. I know that um, Auntie Farah was sending out a um, petition the other day to kind of keep it a choice. And I wholeheartedly support that. I've had the flu vaccine in the past as well. And I think I've had no side effects as far as I'm known. And I only took that because the flu vaccine has been around for years, you know. So it's been tried and tested as far as I'm aware. I just don't think it's even um, sensible for them to even push in this narrative that we should have a vaccine in the quickest amount of time possible. It's not supported by science. It's not using common sense. And I think a lot of people potentially could get hurt if they do push this absolutely 100% agree there's no way that they should make this a law that everyone has to take this vaccine when Mm. they don't know what the side effects are everybody's internal systems work differently and react differently to medication if they start saying that every single person has to take this vaccine a lot of people will die or become seriously ill they have to give us the element of choice I don't do vaccines in it I'm not into them my daughter's not had any vaccines and that is something that I chose to do everyone should have their choice what I don't agree is when people are like coming at you with their pitchfork because you've decided not to vaccinate your child or for you not to do vaccinations yourself. It is down to your choice. I just would not be lining up to do this. Like Auntie AK said, I would definitely be one of those people that I just wear my mask in it all the time and I'll just wear gloves and I'll do any of that kind of stuff that you want me to do, but I'm not being vaccinated. My daughter's not being vaccinated. That's not what's happening. If I have to homeschool her for the rest of my life, then that's what's happening. She ain't getting a vaccine and neither am I. That's it. It takes years for them to realise what the side effects are for any kind of medication. We're not there yet for this to become some sort of law. No, not at all. Um, I'm not anti-vax. However, I think I'm quite cautious. All my kids have had all their injections, immunisations and whatever. I don't know. I think I'm a bit worried because it's new. Um, what was that? I was actually trying to look up that um, drug that was given in the 50s and 60s, um, which caused birth defects. Do you remember? The haldamide. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. 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 So obviously, loads of people were taking this new drug thinking it was great and then obviously didn't know the side effects. And the side effects were deformities or, um, yeah, I don't know deformities in their children so as much as i i guess i'm for vaccination because i think if not everyone gets vaccinated it's a bit pointless because you you could still pass on these things to people that haven't been vaccinated however yes someone needs to take it before me and my kids this new one (laughs) (laughs) so what i was just thinking just off the back of what sarita said about that um that pill that they were giving to pregnant women um, to help with um, morning sickness. That was the thing that caused all of those birth defects. There's a whole other wave which doesn't seem to have had the, um, the press that it deserves, actually, with people. They were taking a form of a pill. It was especially in America, and that was 
uh, allowing pregnancy, so people were getting pregnant, but they were also having multiples as well through this mm. pill. So I stumbled upon it just randomly on Facebook. I found one of the groups and was going through all of their testimonials. And it was just like, some of these women had had big families already. So you're on the pill now to not have any more children. Then you end up with multiples and all of the different ways that a multiple birth can affect your body and everything. It was just crazy. So this is ongoing, but the real thing with vaccines is the whole point of a vaccine being called a vaccine instead of a medicine is so that you can rush it through, is so that you don't do testing, and then you can't be sued as long as everything that could go wrong with the person is actually um, put on the packaging, which we never see because usually vaccines are administered by a nurse, so you don't even know what's in your vaccine to know what it, how it could affect you. But if something does happen to your child or yourself, you can only sue them if your symptom is new compared to what they say, but they generally list everything. So even with the MMR, they do have autism on there. So that's why people can't sue them because it stated that there may be a case for this. And this was passed in law that you can't sue a company for vaccines. That's why there's so many of them. So it's like, there's lots to dig into when you have a, a stance of actually taking a vaccine because they are, it's, it's a money-making business. You get into this field and you turn into a billionaire very quickly. Yeah. And the polio one was Bill and Melinda Gates' foundation going around in Africa, vaccinating everybody. And now you have a new strand of polio when polio was almost on the way out. Yeah. I just think there's a lot to look into when it comes to this. And on this issue, and probably only this issue ever, Donald Trump <laughs> seems to be the only world leader prepared to be like, I'm not, I'm not gonna be a part of this. Fully 100% agree. And that's why I have a problem with Will Bates. <laughs> <'Cause> I <was> <laughs> <thinking>. <laughs> take him, I don't understand it, I don't trust it. I don't understand why someone takes himself away from a country that has issues into another country to say that they're going to help that country. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I will never trust him and his wife. And this is exactly the reasons. Going back to what you were saying about seeing the leaders take the medication or the vaccines in front of everyone, it would be saline water. You know they're not doing it. It's, not, it's like, whatever the case is, if they, there's nothing they can do bar us being in the laboratory when it's made and being the one to administer it to the shop to them. <laughs> I will never trust what they do. They can do a live stream Zoom. We're getting <laughs> never, I will never, ever believe it. And I was thinking today about why it's interesting how with all this stuff, Donald, Donald went on another rant, rant this morning, just some nonsense, because um, there's a video that's been made about all the stuff that's gone wrong since, under his rules since Corona. One of those kind of propaganda videos. So he's gone nuts about that. But then I was thinking that how come he, no one in his cabinet has got it, or it seems like, and I thought, you know, of all his, you know, posturing, probably that he's, put, it's just a random thought. I think he's probably tested everyone around him so that he can put on the bravado that, you know, I'm not wearing a mask, I'm not scared, but yet probably more than likely everyone in his circle has been tested. It was just a random thought because like, there's no, there's no trusting of these people. So even if he is anti-vaxxer, what does that mean? Is he then going to come out and have another, shares in a company that sells pills 
and it's not a vaccine, but it's medicine, as you say, the two differences. But it's a Donald Trump pill, and that will get you better to take that. I don't know. I don't trust none of them, but yeah. He's a known germaphobe anyway, so I bet you if anyone has a sniffle, a hint of a cough, they're <laughs> out 100%. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure he ain't shaking no hands. But I guess my question was going to, just off the back of this, like, what would it take? Because with people not taking vaccines or doing vaccines for their children then you do see spikes in you know these diseases coming back so what does it actually take for people to actually trust that they work and you know that society kind of needs them most people will take them that's the thing so there's a kind of sheep mentality in just taking them because you've been told to take them because the government said it's law and i was gonna i think another thing i was going to mention about it being put into poor areas where people maybe feel like they have less of a choice to not take it. Like I said, the way they were pressuring my daughter to get the HPV vaccine, it was very, very um, dictatory. It was actually a little bit, not scared, but I was a bit like, wow, this is, if they really wanted to back someone into a corner to do something, they really could. If she didn't have me, she would have gone and taken it at school and had it because that was the levels of how nervous, she was actually coming home nervous. So thinking of people who were maybe from a marginalized group or don't feel they have the security or the strength to go against something like that, I think majority will take it and not think about the consequences and also like just in that if you've had the vaccines yourself and you're fine why wouldn't you then have your children take them as well you know what it is it's not even the concept in itself it's the sheer number of vaccines that they're pushing now so speaking to my mum she was like when i was a baby there was like three Mm -hmm. vaccines that you got given now Mm -hmm. We are on, I think in this country, like 45. What's happened? Yeah, 45. So from when they're born, because as soon as you give birth, they're doing vitamin K. They're trying to do that. And who knows if it's vitamin K? You've just given birth and then they're injecting your baby. Then it's like two weeks later, they get like four shots. And then you're supposed to go every four weeks and they're giving them shots. But you don't know what's in them. And it's like, hang on, what happened... Even from my first son to my second is 16 months. There was like 10 more shots mm. that they were. And it's like, well, nobody has got more sick. There's been no outbreaks. Why does there need to be more injections? So it's that type of thing that made me really skeptical of this as like vaccinating to help keep everybody safe as to this is medicine just being pushed. And then on the flip side of that, I don't know what's in it. And then we have so many different illnesses now that we didn't have 40 years ago. So again, it's a bit like, well, maybe it's coming from these vaccines. It's just how many people do you know that have peanut allergies, that have eczema, that have asthma? It's all on the rise. And the only other thing that I can see that is also on the rise is the amount of injections they give babies. So that's to me is like, actually, if, it, if there's some honesty in it, I think people would be less sceptical and would probably go through with it. On the thing of like um, this latest vaccine, I really feel they're going to try and push it through travel. That if you're not vaccinated, you're not going to be able to travel. Like, you know, that really? yellow other yeah. part that they give you when you're going yellow to countries. Oh. I feel like some countries are going to be like, if you don't have COVID vaccination, you can't come here I, I, I feel that's how they're going to get the masses I hope so I'm wrong but I feel like there's going to be some <sighs> you might be right 
And that, me, me and my cousin have been saying the exact thing word for word, word for word, word for word. That's how they're going to get us. If you don't have this, you can't travel. And Nana, what you said about the reasons why you've not vaccinated your children, that's the reason I've not vaccinated my daughter, 100%. When we grew up, we didn't have all these different multiple jabs. From the minute my daughter was born, they were on me. Have this, she needs to have that. And then it's like every two weeks they want to give her something and it's three, four different jabs at a time time yeah. it's not the same as when we were growing up at all and these are the reasons why i'm not on it and they they treat it like they're drug dealers yeah yeah i don't want someone to become to ring my phone yeah you know like your daughter's not had no drugs today yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah they're on your nuts like they're drug dealers then they want to question you why you don't oh you know like it's all right though isn't it that's how they're talking to you yeah. like yeah. a drug dealer if you've made so many dramatic changes from when i had three jabs from the age of like maybe six to the age of 12 there's so many now like you said there's no outbreaks of anything that's happened i'm not on it until you can sit down and explain to me in detail why you've changed it so much i'm not on it but with the bcg remember we had that when we were in school yeah yeah so they changed it when i had my daughter they said that you have to have it between naught and three right so i remember when she was about three and a half and they would pestering me about some um, vaccinations I was like oh well what about the BCG they said oh she can't have that no more huh so how come she can't have it no more yeah she's past the age where she can have it what she's just not gonna have it at all she's not having it now because she's past the age where she can have it this was like okay. three four years ago they told yeah. me that how come when we got it when we were in school <laughs> I remember lining up to get the BCG yeah. and you yeah. were a massive scar and everyone's got it, the, the tag on their, sh- on their um, on your shoulder. Like, what happens in that space of time that they can't have it after three years old? There's too many unanswered questions. There's too much money in it. I am not on it for those reasons. So, like, would you be more open <laughs> if the vaccinations were separate <laughs> and not combined together? And, like, don't you think that people think there's no outbreaks, but there are. There's definitely, especially, like, um, reports on, like, um, cases of measles coming up. Are we, like, not considering other factors, like like air pollution and things like that, do you know what I mean, that also cause some of these diseases, like asthma, or conditions, let's say asthma and allergies, etc.? If you're in a room with 10 people and nine of those 10 people have the vaccine and one person doesn't have the vaccine the nine people that have the vaccine are not at risk because you have the vaccine that's my point when they try to say that i am endangering other people who have been vaccinated i'm not because you've been vaccinated the problem is there are a lot of people that think like that. So mm-hmm. therefore and you're creating a group of people that haven't been vaccinated. So therefore those people are now at risk. So you are seeing, and I'm not a scientist. I'm not a, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. This is just my opinion of what I've been reading and seeing and that sort of thing. But like you're seeing more cases, especially in middle-class communities where this anti-vax um, um, movement is growing. Lots more cases of like popping up of like people getting me- things like measles, mumps and that sort of thing. So if they were the same single jabs that we had growing up i would probably feel more comfortable about doing it it is this enforcement of them giving multiple doses of different vaccines in one jab because why can't we have the single jabs no more there's certain countries in europe like in france for example you could go and get like measles and they did single jabs it's this country that don't do it 
if you look across the world and how vaccines are done, it changes so dramatically how one country's policy is to how someone else's policy is. I just think there's a lot more behind this than they let us know. And it is a financial thing a lot of the times. And as long as it's a financial thing, I'm not comfortable being a sheep and just following because they said so. I need to do my own research. I need to look into it and I need to feel comfortable. Would I do it if it was single? No, I wouldn't. It's too much. All of our body chemistries are different. And I wouldn't, I would want my children to have autonomy over their bodies and having certain illnesses that actually don't kill you, you will build up your own natural immune system, like your own fighters will fight it. Being sick isn't that bad. And I think this thing of well, we shouldn't be sick is, is actually not natural. Like our bodies have anti-fighters for a reason, like we have antibodies for a reason. Having measles, your body can fight it. It's like we've been doing this forever we've been here a long time as human beings without vaccination so if they want to have injections when they're older like if they decide to go into the army you become property of the state and they give you lots of injections and that's because they're just testing stuff out so i I don't want to be a guinea pig and i wouldn't allow my children to be guinea pigs at all but the other thing is that um with vaccinations you're actually introducing that virus into your body so really mm. people that have lots of viruses in them they are endangering the population because you have that festering in you you don't know no. where it goes. absolutely there are so many tests on the flu jab in itself that when they introduced it how many flu cases they were to actually when they made it widespread there was more cases of flu because you've introduced it into the population it doesn't go nowhere. It's like you're actually putting that virus out there to be around. There's definitely reasons, points in history where it was valid to vaccinate the whole population, but not to this scale now. It's not valid. It's just business. It's hard to separate the two. I do hear that point with the business side and the business side is kind of seedy. So definitely, but you know, you get a dose of the, the disease. So your, your antibodies fight it. So therefore then you don't, get it again do you know what I mean it recognizes it so you're protected against it so like I don't think it kind of works in that you can now potentially infect other people the problem with the flu is that the flu changes every year so you have to have a different kind of vaccine but I think also vaccines in general have to be updated and they have to evolve and then also as well like if we were like able to kind of like just fight off things then why are we dealing with covid like this people are dying on mass this is like almost the perfect case for vaccines to be honest maybe it's too perfect and maybe that's the issue maybe that is part of the issue but these diseases live in nature and if we kind of get them as humans they're a threat to us and we as humans have to protect ourselves from that threat and one way to do it is through vaccinations yeah, I'm just going to agree with um, Shadow there. But yeah, viruses can apparently mutate. So when you have a set of people that have been vaccinated and you have a set of people that haven't been vaccinated, what I think happens is the people that haven't been vaccinated can get it. However, the virus can mutate and change. So if it's a different version of the virus, the people that have been vaccinated could actually get it. So I think mm. that's why people are saying anti-vax 
I'll call them more than good. But obviously, there's different types of illnesses, etc., etc., etc. And COVID is here before. We're only seeing this problem now because it's mutated. It's a different strain of that virus. So I don't know. I'm 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 for vaccination, but I'm also against just because that conspiracy side of me is thinking, but what are they actually giving us? In terms of modern day medicine, I think we're doing a lot better than we were doing in like the dark ages because we would have all died of plague by now if we didn't have vaccine. The mutation can happen with either sets of people, but also what happens internally is, so you'll have this vaccine, you have that and you have the antibodies. That's one thing but you also produce another type of antibody that doesn't always collaborate with your original set because it's man-made. So you just have a concoction of lots of different properties that you weren't born with, creating havoc in your body, which manifests in lots of different ways, which we don't always know. That's why there was the autism, the, but even so the autism on the ride, ADHD, to me it's like the perfect storm to actually get humans just hooked on medicines for the rest of their life. It's like you've injected them in their infancy and then you grow up with environmental and food processing and then it takes you down a road of just having to be beholden to these pharmaceuticals. It, it doesn't, I just think there's too much in it to actually risk my life with these people who I don't think are for life. I would prefer to take my chances in my natural body to actually just go forward and, and flow through life as it's supposed to happen than really have these any outside properties of medicines that they've made in a lab inside me like they are about to admit that COVID-19 is it's it was made in a lab and was leaked from a lab so it's not even a natural corona strain that has mutated they created this strain and now it's out in the world. COVID is was it's COVID nineteen. Is that because there was one, two, three, four, four? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a scientist. Do you know what I mean? And in, in terms of antibodies, there was this whole thing of everybody should take antibiotics and all of this kind of stuff. And now they're like, you shouldn't. Um, I would say that everyone should follow our spiritual leader and medicine man, Shaka Baj. <laughs> 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 no <laughs> I forgot what I was gonna say as long as there's money in medicine so far over here we're not as bad but again UK is different because everything's done behind closed doors America is everything is in your face they lie to your face or they tell you the truth to your face and you just feel like you can't make any decisions without just following through their medicine situation is a problem in America. There's a medicine advert for everything. And all jokes aside with Shaka Bars, it is about actually all the processed shit. The reason why we're falling apart as humans, because we're so dependent on so much processed, unnatural stuff that doesn't need to be processed. It's processed fruit, vegetables, just natural things are just full of nonsense when they just don't have to be because we're living in this fast paced world and society, which is all, you know. So yeah, from when money, medicine, the money business, who can fucking trust it? <laughs> Team Shaka Bars. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got your attention. <laughs> so um, you may or may not have been part of this cultural phenomenon that happened the other day, which is Wizkid versus Rhymes Cartel. 
which caused quite a stir <laughs> amongst many, 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 many people. You know, being a Nigerian, you know, I was just like, well, of course, Wiz is going to win. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's more of us. It's just, just simple maths. <laughs> but anyway, like, obviously, um, Vibes Cartel was huge as well, kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Jamaicans were out in the full force and stuff. But it was all kind of like, light-hearted in the beginning you had like burner boy and you know steph london do you know what i mean doing bits to each other that was really cool kind of thing because obviously he's nigerian and she's jamaican it was all kind of very light light-hearted but then it kind of got a little bit nasty man like and people were really really going in and it's just like are we going back to that time when it was like Africans versus Caribbeans? And I really, really hope not. I think we've had like many years of like this harmony and kind of place within our communities. Um, And I just wondered whether you guys saw the same thing. Are you worried about it? Because I really hope we don't go back to that time. Well, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I saw the interaction with Burner Boy and Steph and I thought that was hilarious. But People were just getting too overly sensitive. I mean, they were going on like it was vibes and whiz, like a Teddy versus babyface thing. It wasn't them. It was just DJs playing music. And the guy that was doing vibes said, I'm not going to play the type of vibes that I really want to play because it's not about that right now. Time of day and all of this. I think that's what he said. And he was, they were getting some really bad comments and he had to take a point and, and say, during the whole thing, can you just stop with the negativity? Which this is meant to be light-hearted and fun. But then I read apparently that um, Vice Cartel himself was like, "It's a fix. It's too much. Like, how is that possible? This, that, and the other." And it's like, "It's a, it's two DJs. Calm down, everybody. Chill out. After Jamaicans are from Nigeria anyway. Calm Way! down. Chill um... out. That's my thing. They are man. Grenadians are Ghanaians. I tell Auntie Aka this all the time, but she don't want to hear it. But. No, I agree. <laughs> I said that's why you're my little sister. Little because I'm younger. Little because your brain's smaller. I'm stealing that one. <laughs> it's I, all right. I, I'll, I'll think of something with my tiny brain. First of all, I just want to claim pride in the, was it NS? What they call no signal people? Because I feel like I discovered them and they did the first thing that I thought. I did. Shut up, shut up. Pride. No, you didn't because I was. Did. No, you didn't. Didn't. No, you no, you didn't. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. No, you weren't. You didn't let me know about that. Well, yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. But, but continue. But no, you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. Because um, I was wanting to put it in a group about Beyonce versus Mariah Carey. Because I'd already said before that I really want a Beyonce versus Mariah Carey um, versus. And then I put it in the group and no one said, oh, well, I've heard of no, no, no signal. No one said it. You never said it. I put them in a group first. And now they've blown up. I was really happy that I spotted them from what it seems like they're a black owned radio station. And I'm really proud that they've actually blown up with these verses. They've done better of them and it's just been fun and it's grown into, and it's a UK thing versus with the American thing versus. But I think that with this whole, I always say to um, young people, like you lot are lucky because we grew up in a time when it wasn't like that, where Africans were hiding their cultural identity and stuff like that because it wasn't cool to be seen to be African, blah, blah, blah. And there was a lot of tension between the two cultures. But I feel like, when Afrobeats started to become a thing, I did hear... Afrobeat. I do remember some DJs being like, it's got nothing on Raga and stuff like that. I do remember there being some smitterings of vexness. Style OG made some comments like, yeah, you, it's never going to be big as Raga. And he kind of had a pushback to it. And I felt when something's been popular and dominant, 
when something else comes to challenge it, there's still levels of insecurity. And I think those are the type of things that come out when these things happen. So it's like everything's calm, but underneath there's a sense of pride that's challenged. Just see, I don't know how to say this politically correctly, but it's always Jamaicans. (laughs) (laughs) Because please don't have no problems. Like, you know, because rag is not our music. I've yet to see a Grenadian come out and say, not that you lot would know any famous Grenadian, but you would if you'd followed Soka, but like come out and say the same things with such emphasis and zest against Afrobeats as a Jamaican. Like, you know, just, it's Jamaicans. It's you lot, man. It's you flipping yardies. Not really, love ya. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to go back to the times of like the 60s, 70s, 80s, early 90s. I think that time has gone just with the way that we all grew up and went to school together as another generation layer where the separation wasn't so huge I think as the generations go on that separation is going to be even less because really for here they're going to see themselves as black British the further away they go from that first generation that came it's like the more they are black British and they'll establish their own melting pot of cultures like how you hear kids talking now i think they sound jamaican and african rolled in together Mm -hmm. but also travel being able to travel to each other's country without your parent being there like i remember the first time i went to jamaica and my mum was really like why are you going there and be careful and don't get killed and just all of those stereotypes to when i'm sending her videos in kingston and she's like this looks just like accra and it's like it is I saw you and my uncles on corners. Like, there's no separation. But the more you travel, the more you'll see it. So I think we're never going to go back to that time because they hadn't been to each other's countries. And the more we go and explore each other's countries, we see that we're just one. We're the same people. I was brought up on Raga and Bashment, man. That was, like, my musical choice growing up. I loved the, as I said last week, I loved the parties. I loved everything about it kind of thing. And it's it's a big part of my identity, as well as being Nigerian. And I just think there's space for both. I think it's just a beautiful thing that Jamaican culture has literally taken over the world. And I think the same is going to happen with Afrobeats. As I always say, like what's better than one billionaire too no like yeah. do you know what I mean they shouldn't have to be, yeah they shouldn't have to be pitted against each other I don't think I can really understand why it's kind of happening now it shouldn't happen and I really don't think that people should be pushing that narrative so I just think it's a bit of a shame if you look at even down to how we cook in the Caribbean we just used what we had there to substitute what you had across the pond but it's still done in the same, you know, it went down through generations and it's still done. And we've got something called cuckoo and you've got something called fufu. So I just think it's opening people's eyes. Part of it as well, I think, is probably competition. It's like different types of rap music, isn't it? And people saying that this is better than that. It's, it's partly competition. And then also it's partly ignorance as well. People that just really don't know much and want to be stuck in the back in the day. But I love it. I love all the types of music. There is enough room for everything. Because you love garage now. Yeah, I love it so much. (laughs) Garage, please. I'm only going to the petrol station, that's it. So my story is, crowds gather to buy new Air Jordans in Atlanta after the lockdown lifted. And the pictures that are being shown are of primarily black people lining up outside this mall. I think the picture is of a popular store called Jimmy Jazz. 
I think that's the one that they tease um, Nicki Minaj's boyfriend looking like he dresses from all the time. So apparently Greenbrier Mall in Atlanta saw massive crowds gather there on Saturday after it was reopened and they were there to buy the new Air Jordan sneakers, Air Jordan 5, that was sold out online. So I guess when I saw that, I was like, okay. So what do you lot think about crowds rushing to buy Air Jordans post-corona lockdown? Atlanta wasn't as affected with corona cases like New York. So there wasn't that fear thing. So aside from corona, because it didn't affect them too much anyway, there's still a point of black people going out and just being consumers. And I feel like we just have to have our our time to get out of our systems. There's no point in chastising because it doesn't do anything. There's going to be a large sway of people who are still working through the trauma of slavery, segregation, of just being at the bottom of the pile. And they go to the symbols of affluence that are in street culture to give themselves validation. But that will be worked through. Like, I really do think it's not forever. This isn't like a, a plight on us. I think every culture that had gone through our situation would have their trinkets that they all go to and collect and this is just a part of our thing that we will grow out of eventually i pray i'm more concerned about nike yeah who told them to drop a trainer now <laughs> like do you know what i mean like is that what the people need right now to drop for you to drop an exclusive right now do you know what i mean what the hell like that's valid you need to be looking at them and mm. just be thinking, like, what is your motive here? What are you actually trying to do? Like, what kind of company are you right now? Like, I just think it's very irresponsible. Okay, the cases, they may be lower, but maybe that's just Atlanta. Like, in mm. other places, they're not going to be as low. Making people focus on something that doesn't need to be focused on right now, that drop could be saved until when this is over. I just wonder about their social responsibility. What are you on, Nike? That crossed my mind too, like, what are you doing releasing something in this time? That crossed my mind. Then I thought, when will we, and I think, Nana, you alluded to the fact we're always going to respond to these things because of our history, but when are we going to... One, does it matter if we see shiny things and go for them? And two, when will we realise that these come... Like, exactly that, as Shade is saying, Nike don't give a damn about mm. people, knowing that people are going to want to go and get them because apart from being pressed inside, apart from being pressed in life, we do react, and I'm saying we as in collectively people who are potentially, you know, poverty line or whatever, ever see those shiny things as beacons of success. When are we going to realise that these companies don't give a damn about us and putting money into these companies aren't beneficial? And actually, this is irrelevant. What we actually need to do is ABC. So going back to what Shade was saying with the Nike trainers, my confession is that I bought some trainers the other day. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I was at and I saw some nice boots, and I was like, they'd be good, they'd be good. And then I saw some gold Adidas trainers, and I'll be like, they look good, they look So I bought them, so I've got two pairs of trainers that I haven't actually got to wear yet. So, yeah, I'm... It's online. I can still buy online and save for the future, invest in my trainer collection in the future. But yeah, Nike, look, it takes so long to design 
a trainer to design something and bring it out the right time and concepts and everything. So this was probably taking like at least six months to bring out. So they're going to have to just bring it out and just hope people buy online. Because I don't know when we're coming out of lockdown, is it going to be autumn, winter, or is it spring 21? They're going to bring out more stuff anyway. But going back to Akua's question, um, I think it's all about money management. I think we need to take it back, strip it back, teach our kids about money, savings, investments, and the actual meaning of that money. If you know how much things cost, you know how many, how many hours you have to work to buy that, I think it would register. And I think more kids would turn into adults who would be more money savvy. Just go with it, man. Just do it. <laughs> Just be bad night. <laughs> I'm more concerned about the fact that the shops opened and people were queuing and they weren't social distancing. Brands are going to come out with what they're going to come out with. The reason why I think they should be held accountable, like if anyone comes out of that crowd and is diagnosed with corona and if anyone dies, they should be personally held responsible because they know what they're doing. They know that trainers now are such a huge market. The reseller market is huge. Like People are making hundreds and hundreds of pounds of pairs of trainers especially when they you know first come out and everything like that so i think it's deeply irresponsible we all live in a capitalist society they know how this works people are just receiving their stimulus stimulus checks in um the states as well kind of thing so you're preying on people's vulnerabilities their um their habits but then we will then look at the people in the queue are, are we saying that each every person in that queue is also a vulnerable person but then we're also then saying that they're incapable of thinking for themselves and using common sense. Because I'm, I'm just saying, like, if one of them or two of them or multiple of them get corona, who told you to come out? The thing is, it's like, if you are a reseller, you can lose money by not getting that trainer first or second or whatever kind of thing. Like, we're at a stage where people pay people to go and queue for them to get those trainers first. Do you know what I mean? They create a demand. So they create maybe um, a limited amount of pairs of trainers. They don't create enough for the amount of consumers there are, which fills this industry. Mike knows this. They know this. So to fight that, you're going against like, especially in America where it is like, you know, entrepreneurs are king. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. To fight that nature, you're asking a lot from people. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone's going to be like, uh, I'm going to be the person to get it. And they're, they're always kind of like survival of the fittest in that kind of sense. So I think like, no, they have a responsibility. They're not an individual. They're a company. Do you know what I mean? And they have policies and practices and everything like that. So they shouldn't be doing that to people. I think it's wrong. And I, I think, yes, okay, you can give some to the people, but you shouldn't have the temptation in the first place. I just think everyone should be accountable. It's like this kind of snowflake generation of protecting people from their urges. If I want trainers at this time, I can afford trainers, therefore I'm going to buy trainers. But it's like, why blame the company? Everyone should be held accountable for their actions. Just because something's on sale doesn't mean we all have to get it. Everyone's going to choose. It's kind of like policing people. If the shops aren't there, we're not allowed to buy. However, if the shops are there, surely common sense comes in. I can get these if I can afford them, therefore it's good. But for the people that can't afford them or are going out of their way or are getting them for the wrong reasons, 
we who can afford them have to suffer for the people that don't have common sense. I like doing anything for, you know, like a lot of companies are giving back Ooh. portions of sales and stuff like that. If not portions of sales, they're contributing to some sort of relief fund and that sort of thing. I wonder if Nike are doing anything like that. Maybe at the very least, that's what they should do if they're making billions at this present time. Maybe they should do that. Amazing.com are giving back something, aren't they? Nike's leaders, the Nike Foundation and Nike have committed more than 17 million to COVID-19 response efforts, which you know 17 million is like 17 pence to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... 17 million isn't. Although I do see what you're saying, Sade, on one side, like for Nike, but Nike has been dubious for a number of years, like just in all of their practices, manufacturing, where their factories are, how much it actually costs for a trainer. So all of that aside, I guess they've created a brand that people associate their value base with them. So their, their brands are symbols of value. So in order for that to change, it would be for the person to see that a trainer on my foot isn't going to make me valuable. It doesn't add value to me as a human because of this trainer on my foot. That's when things will change. I can't really hold Nike responsible at all. They're doing what Nike always does. They produce a product and people buy it why people buy it is more the issue for me and i really do think that will change as we just grow in our evolution i really think that that you we just won't go to these companies to give us our validation we'll seek it ourselves so it's really on the individual i can't blame that i think that the power that these brands have on individuals is much greater than we realize so it's very hard to break those bonds. And also slightly off topic, wireless has just been cancelled. I just saw that. That's what I was looking at. Finally. <laughs> so I'm waiting for Afro-Nation. Oh, actually, Matt's, Matt's barbecue hasn't said anything yet. They're going to have to cancel because I'm sure that's around the same time as um, wireless. Afro-Nation's got to give you back your pounds, mate. They need it? to run me my money. Hey, I'm Auntie Nana. You're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. Now it's time for aunties to fix your life with Aunties Know Best. Hi, Auntie Shade. I wonder if you can help me. I've signed up for an online fitness class. I won't say the name. She puts name. And um, realized that the fitness instructor does not look as advertised. I feel duped and angry as how can an overweight person teach a class and I want my money back, but I don't know how to do this in a tactful way. Can you please help? I've been doing an online, um, a live class and I was admiring my instructor, like her stomach is flat, her hips are banging. She just looks good and she's doing her thing. And I was thinking, what, what if she wasn't fit? And what if she wasn't, what would I do? Is she saying, or he's saying that, the picture of the trainer was someone fit and the person in the live is not fit or is it that she had or they had expectations of a fit trainer and they're seeing someone who's unfit because I wouldn't I'd be quite interested to have a trainer who's on the same journey as me and but if they market it is uh, I'm on the same journey as you and I'm going to use this time to what I know because I have the skills to teach but yeah I'm also on the same journey so I want to tone and get fit with my audience so that would be quite an interesting marketing strategy in itself but if it's mis misrepresentation yeah i might be like what the hell it's the first one so they showed a picture of them like toned and then they've turned up to the live 
not timed. <laughs> I would just have to ask them for my money back straight. Like I'd DM them or however it is you can get in contact with them. And I would just say, I think that you have duped me. <laughs> I'm trying to get myself in shape and I followed you and you clearly are not in shape. It is false advertising. I would quote every kind of law there is and get my money back. And if he refused or she refused or then I would take out a campaign and I would basically troll them until they gave me back my money. Because how can you, like, come on now. Say, like, you go to buy, you buy a car on Auto Trader, and on Auto Trader, it's a Mercedes, and you go to pick it up, and it's a VW. That's false advertising. You can't get away with things like that. So they need to give you back your money. I would base it on the class that's being delivered, because if they're able to teach a class well, then I would put it down to, and maybe I might DM and say, look, mate, look, you put up a picture, you don't look like the picture. If they're honest, I get it, it goes back to, if they're honest and say, look, had a bit of a fall off, but I'm a trainer and I've got the skills and they're, do, they're giving a good class, then possibly I might be like, okay, because it's, it's down to if I'm getting the goodness out of the class that they're giving, but I would possibly ask them like, what, what's happened and can I get some honesty back? If I feel like the class is not good, they're huffing and puffing and breathing through it and just like I am, then yeah, that's what I'd be like, yeah, can you give me my money back because you tried it? It would have to be like, you know, like you get those celebrities and they start the video and they're fat and then they end the video and they're skinny. They would have to come out and say, I know you've seen my picture. This is what I used to look like. I let myself go and now I look like this and I know you guys look like this. Let's get this off together. They'd have to do that. But if they're just coming out and not saying nothing and they've got their belly hanging down when they're, and they're trying to do press-ups and they're, whew, they're doing all this. Now, come on now. You can't expect me to have confidence that you're going to get me where I want to be if you can't even count to 10 when you're doing sit-ups. No. Why are you not trying to act like this person might not be fit? They could be fluffy. They could be a slightly, you know, kind of few more pounds where I may not want those few pounds. But they could just choose to overeat but be the, the fittest person ever and run my marathons and such. How do you know they're not fit just because they're overweight? I think it's because the marketing was of someone fit and then you could turn up to the live and there's someone un- looking who looks not like the cut picture. However, it goes back to being honest about your journey because if you're a fluffy girl, that's, a, that's marketing in itself. If you're a fluffy um, gym person and you, you're fit, that's something because a lot of people can't be toned and ripped. So if you're fluffy and healthy but, and you just happen to be big and that's your, that's your marketing brand in itself, that's cool. It's the false advertising part of it. And the only way to reconcile that is to be honest about your story if you want to keep people subscribed to you. Otherwise, you're going to lose everybody. Okay, yes. So if it was a different picture and they didn't seem as the word, you've been catfished, you've been fitness catfished. (laughs) That's that's taking a piss. (laughs) Don't catfish me. I paid my money for a good reason. Your body looked like this. I wanted this. However, that aside... If I had a personal trainer who was bigger than me or my size, I think I'd feel more comfortable because they'd kind of be able to relate with me and what I'm doing. So yeah, two different stories. If they had a different picture and they catfished me, they're taking a piss and I want my money back. However, if I turn up and she's bigger than me, I'll be happy. But if that person that's training you is your size, should they charge? 
Yeah. 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 It really yeah. just depends on the job. If I, I'm going to give them one class, yeah? So I'm going to do the one class because I've paid. And if I'm actually doing the class and I can do it better than what they're trying to demonstrate to me because they are so unfit, then I want my money back immediately because you're not in a position at this moment to do personal training. But if they actually are big set than they were before, but they, they can teach me and they're doing a class, then I think I would have to be checking my own prejudice. Like, well, this person's still fit though. They're bigger set than what I thought they were going to be and what was advertised in their promotional pictures. But they're still good. I mean, I think that would be the same as an actor though, wouldn't it? It's like, they, they don't look like their promotional pictures. It's, so I've got to see what they deliver before I can really be like, no, I want a, a refund because you don't look like what you put out there. <laughs> if they can do the job, they can do the job. And I feel like my money should pay anyway because I'm getting fit. You lot are just fat shaming, man. <laughs> Ignoring the pictures. Hate the gym. Hate working out. Hate it. If I had a trainer who was my size and understood how my body worked, I think I would relate much better to getting someone that was like tonk, fitness person that gives me unrealistic things and tells me to eat kale for three times a day and then be skinny like them. I would want someone probably that looked like me or just looked average. Does that make sense? But I guess that depends on everyone else's expectations and goals. My goal is not to be like that and I'd want someone realistic. I understand that because when you do see somebody who's ripped and really fit, it can be intimidating because sometimes it can seem like an unreachable goal to be like your trainer. However, again, that's not to discriminate on someone who is fit because they do have the skills and especially, I think people invest in someone who has been bigger before or unfit before and have been on that journey rather than someone who's always been fit. And so it's a bit like, well, you've never had to struggle. So I do get what you're saying, Sweet, and having someone who's similar like you, especially if they're fit and their body's like mine. But there's also that thing where that means you could be fit all day long. That means what you're doing isn't working. And I don't want that. I want to have toned thighs. And if your thighs aren't toned and you're a personal trainer, then I don't necessarily want you because that means your exercises aren't right. You haven't chosen the right ones. <laughs> where, that's where that is a bit of a like, mm, I don't want you to look like me per se. I don't mind maybe, because there's difference. You can be big and toned as well. So there's also different body types. I want, if I'm going to have someone who's not like a ripped muscle woman or muscle man, then I want someone who the bits that I want sorted out, they've got their bits they sorted out. Yeah. But they're the same shape as me. So that means that I can see that I don't have to get skinny because I don't particularly want to be skinny. I want my cellulite to be gone. So let my tick trainer have gone cellulite. Then I know at least every thigh um, exercise they're showing me is going to work. So that's what it is. But this is also still about false advertising. That's the thing. The person pretended they were this and they were that. That's the point. Because when you pick a trainer, you pick the trainer based on online trainers anyway. You pick them based on how you want to look or you pick them based on your preference. Yeah. So if your preference is to have a trainer who isn't overly muscly, but they're toned and they're slightly ticker, then that's what you go to. The, the person who went to this particular trainer, when they decided to sign up to them and they said, this is who I'm going to go for, they had sorted out their preference. So that person, they lied. Because yeah. if she wanted something else, she would have gone a different way. Um, I think that with trainers, their body is their advert, right? Do you know what I mean? What it tells you is not just the shape, but also the level of discipline. 
as well kind of thing which is something that is needed to maintain a healthy lifestyle and a toned body that's why they get the results that they get that's what you're looking for you're looking for the aspiration it's an aspirational thing so if I've looked at your picture and I've got that aspiration that I want to have something like like that you've obtained to then not have that image in front of me is gonna you know definitely throw me off it's just like people who you know run twerk classes but can't twerk <laughs> like or they're doing you know booty um shaping lessons and they have no bum doesn't make sense to me <laughs> for some reason that's worse to me if you can't yeah so i think that she should politely dm her and just say, you know, unfortunately, this isn't what I'm looking for at the moment. And what was advertised is not what was shown. So, yes, give me back my money, please. So this is from someone who's, who's got a problem with her best friend. So basically, they were in halls together at uni and they've come home, um, obviously, because of quarantine. But just before lockdown, she was getting, trying to get over someone that she was in love with, basically. They'd broken up. They was kind of seeing each other and then they kind of broke up and it's just got all pear-shaped. So she sought console with her best friend who she knows has fancied her for time, this guy. And in seeking consults, like crying on his shoulder, they ended up sleeping together. But now the best friend has known the whole situation, known that she'd been in love with this other guy, known that she saw the other guy, known that they broke up and know that you guys are an on and off nonsense that's been going on for a little while. So, but then she said, so she slept with a guy and then... He started to act a little bit funny, but then Corona lockdown happened. They've both gone to their respective homes. And then he's basically treating her like she's done something wrong because she slept with him because she deep down knew that he liked her. So she's a bit like, I feel like this is unfair because he knew that I've always been in love with this guy and we've had this on and off and he knew that I was upset and she said she takes responsibility for sleeping with the guy with her best friend however she doesn't feel like it's right that she's been made to feel bad because he also knew that she didn't really fancy him and she feels like he also took advantage of her vulnerable moment and she said that her friends are making her feel like she's out of order too because they were like oh he just really liked you so she's feeling a bit of a pariah in amongst her friendship group and she's feeling like she just wants everything to go back to normal. She doesn't know whether she should confront her friend, her best friend, and have it out. Because they can't, they, basically he stopped speaking to her and they don't speak at the moment. But she misses her best friend, especially in this time where lockdowns made everything a bit more heightened and emotional. So she's saying, what should she do? How should she deal with it? And should she, should she feel bad? She shouldn't feel bad, number one, because she's grown. Number two, why is everyone trying to make her feel bad? She's grown. It was a consensual thing. Yes, she felt a bit bad. He probably did take advantage. However, they're both adults and they did what they did. Have a conversation with him. See if you're cool. See if it can just, you know, both of you move on. If he's a best friend anyway, he'd probably be understanding. It was a one-time thing, a little moment, moving on. Next. He's not speaking to her because he feels like oh. she took a liberty with him. Well, then he's taking a piss. Get rid. <laughs> Everyone's grown in this situation. If he's being like this, he was never worth being a best friend anyway. They're both grown. I, I kind of feel for the guy because if you know that your best friend fancies you and he's being there for you once you've broken up with your boyfriend for the upteenth time, you know that he's there, he's providing his shoulder 
for you to slip and for something else to take place. You know this. So really, I feel like, well, you've allowed this to take place. You have to suffer the consequences of this one. No, there's no ignorance in this. Like, you knew. If you didn't know that your best friend fancied you, then it'd be very different. But because you knew that he liked you and you don't like him in the same way, there has to be way more respect for your friendship to not put it in jeopardy for temporary dick. It's not fair. She used him. And I think her friends are right for pulling her up. Like you used him to feel better and now he feels bad and he don't want to talk to you. If that's your best friend, you need to make it up to him and genuinely apologize that you overstep some boundaries and you take full responsibility and you don't want to hurt his feelings and you love him as a friend and you just need to hear his wrath and take it off. I'm a bit confused, right? So... Does she like him? In her letter, she's like, the reason why she did it, one, because she felt upset, and part of her thought that maybe she keeps making the same mistake with this other guy, or maybe this other guy's not right for her, so maybe this best friend who she gets on so perfectly with, maybe, deep down, he might be the right one. So in her moment of vulnerability, and him being there, and her liking him, because obviously they get on, she did it. But then afterwards, she realised, it's not about him. Okay. So there was a mutual attraction in that moment, right? Basically, yeah. So otherwise, I mean, I mean, she could have still fucked to be honest. But, but, <laughs> but let's say there was a mutual attraction there in that moment. I hear what you're saying. It's a dick in a glass bottle, in it. Do you know what I mean? Like just, <laughs> just, just, just smashing emergencies, and it was an emergency. So she, she took it. She smashed it in it. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that he was an opportunist as well. Do you know what I mean? Because if he knows the situation and he knows that, you know, she's pining off after this guy, then that is the perfect time to strike. I just think, I don't know. He sounds like, I don't know. They both sound a bit like, I used you, you're using me kind of thing. Don't be friends, man. You're not friends. You're not friends anymore. You change the dynamics of the relationship. If you're not, if he's not mature enough to have a conversation with you, that's not your friend right now. Maybe give it some time. I don't know, like maybe give it like a couple months or so and then revisit it. But it's not worth like you being treated like a dickhead in front of your circle because he, he's, taking the, he's taking the piss also because he's not even chatting to you. So, you know, just, just leave it. People are so afraid to be on their own. Just chill, man. You don't have to be around everyone all the time. It's fine. He's pissed because she clearly doesn't want to develop it any further. Now, don't get me wrong. If the roles were reversed, would we all be so harsh, you know? But my thing is that when he slept with her, he was obviously hoping for it to go somewhere because he's liked her. When she slept with him, she was just trying to get her bits scratched. That's what it was. Her fanny was was itching and she needed it. (laughs) But basically, it didn't go the way that he may have wanted. It hasn't gone the way that she may have wanted because she doesn't want anything more. But if they're truly best friends then they need to have an adult conversation. He has the right to be upset about it because he's a human being. He's entitled to his feelings. But they need to get past this and have a conversation. And if they can't, then it wasn't a real friendship. He was just hanging around, waiting for the right moment to strike. And because he struck, he shot his shot and it didn't work. He's upset. But go and talk to him. See what he says. Boo-hoo! Get over it. If you're both smashed, he was in the friend zone, he should have known that. Get over it. Just talk. If there's an issue now, talk. I just feel like he 
knew and he's been around for time to know that these people then on and off I can I feel a little bit of empathy because maybe he thought as what girls do you know girls tend to like maybe just maybe hang around hang around and think that they're going to be the one but I don't like the idea of him not speaking to her I think he can be upset but to stop speaking to her and play like the hurt little Lord Fauntleroy no because he also waited for that vulnerable moment to take his chance he also knew that there's a chance that she wouldn't want him back she wouldn't want him because she they haven't been together all this time and he also knows they have she has this history of on and off business with this other guy and it's more than you know it's probably not going to happen again this time he can be upset but he shouldn't stop speaking to her this has been posted on a dad blog okay um, so there's a guy he has got a woman pregnant and they're not together and now she's pregnant and he's super vexed that she has started a relationship with somebody else and they're having sex. He's stating that she's nasty because she's pregnant with his child, but having sex with another man. So he was venting about that. And I'm like, I don't know where I sit with it. So what do you guys think? Is he in a relationship with her? No. Therefore, he cannot complain just because he got her pregnant. He hasn't asked her out. They're not together. Pregnant women can still have sex. If she's met someone else, she's met someone else. That's his business. Why did he not try to make it work? You can't try not try to make it work and then complain afterwards. She's allowed to get the penis while she is pregnant, as long as they're safe and it's consensual. I don't see the issue here. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's so cringy to me. It's, it's a no for me. Just while she's pregnant. I mean, I know it happens. You can't, you know, sometimes you get in a relationship, the relationship doesn't work out. The person's pregnant. They meet someone else. That new person is amazing and this, that, and the other. But I feel like if that happened to me, I just wouldn't have sex with them whilst I was pregnant. It's so intimate and your baby's there and it's different if that's your child and, you know, you, it's you and the mother and it's you as a family together. But if it's like, it's just no. Get no. pain. And there's other things that he can do for her without full-on penetration. I have so many questions. <laughs> How does he know they're having sex? Somebody did actually ask that because they were like, are you speculating or do you know? But it, they had had this conversation. So the baby mother did tell him. He didn't just find out. She came to him and was like, I feel like you should know. I have started another relationship with this dude. And he asked her, so are you effing him? And she was like, I'm in a relationship with him. So, so okay. It's, from a man's point of view, it's a bit Gaza. But it's, a bit <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit much. Because basically, they're going to go to a place of there's a foreign dick poking my baby's head. That's how they're going to see it, yeah? <laughs> and no man is going to want that kind of reputation that that's happening to them. By the end of the day, it's her body. She can do what the hell she wants to do. I don't know the guy. But at the same time, it's just a reminder, guys. Guys out there, if you're listening to us, strap the fuck up. Strap up, man. Seriously. Don't get into these flimsy relationships with these girls if you don't know them. Seriously, because if this is not what you want in life, you could have maybe vetted this beforehand to know that this could be potential behaviour. Do you know what I mean? He's going to have to take the L. There's nothing he can do. What could he do? Now, men are running out of excuses now. It's getting tired. We're not in the age where women are subservient, quiet and do as they're told. And 
it should never have been that in the first place. Didn't have to be in this situation. How did they get pregnant? What was the situation beforehand? Were they sleeping together? Were they in a relationship? And then they broke up and she's moved on really quickly. He could have an element of her pride, bruised ego. How did she move on so quickly? Were they just banging? Then more for him, if you weren't strapping up or checking that she's on the pill or the right um, contraception. And also, unfortunately, a side effect of being pregnant is also extreme horniness. It's reported over and over again, but for some reason, when women are pregnant, I have been pregnant before, and I can attest, the feelings that happen, your hormones go nuts. So some people have heightened sexual needs. And if she's in a relationship and she meets someone, I mean, let's, we don't know the lineup. Was it that someone that she just met the next day and like we're in a relationship? Or was it someone like Mr. Dick in a glass, Dick in a bottle? Um, was it someone like that that's been waiting in the wings, waiting in the wings? Finally, we're going to get together. So what, who is this person that she's with? Have they had sex before? So does it make it easier for them to have sex because they've had sex before this guy? So there's all these type of variables. And if she's a horny pregnant woman, she ain't waiting nine, 10, because after the baby, she, this is when she's going to be super sensitive. She's going to get it in until her belly's too big for it to happen. <laughs> so the guy that she's sleeping with, does he know that, that she's, pregnant. she's pregnant? Because she might be trying to get a jacket. Do you know what I mean? And why should he mess up her flow? <laughs> I don't know, that isn't in there. I presumed the person probably did. From reading the thread, what, I, what kept on popping into my head is it seemed like it would be very easy for this dude to just not be involved in this child's life because this situation has taken place. So you're already vexed that at this moment, your oh. baby mother is with another dude sexually and your child hasn't even come yet. So they have a relationship. And I just felt the way he was talking was a bit like, do I believe it's even mine? So do I even need to be involved? It, there was a, an element of distancing. Would he be justified in like, cutting his losses? Right. Had she not been sleeping with this other guy, would he still have those questions? Because that might just be, again, it's just that whole man bravado, not dealing with the fact that someone else is sleeping with your pregnant ex. Do you know what I mean? That's pregnant with your baby. It's just a lot to the man's ego do you know what I mean so maybe that's why he's now you know coming into his true self that he doesn't want to be involved at all so he's justifying his actions in advance you know what if he's that concerned get a paternity test and then you'll know either way sometimes you can get them done before the baby's born at the moment if he's not happy with the situation there's nothing there's nothing really he needs to do because she's moved on really and truly do you know what I mean it depends if she asks him anything from him if she's not going out of her way to kind of like say be involved then you don't really need to be in contact at this moment in time until the baby is born really and truly so he can make it easy for himself if he wants to but he just seems mad it's exactly as you said it sounds like it's a male trying to get out of it you're trying to make excuses so you can disappear this is not the reason you didn't check who you were sleeping with for whatever reason she's pregnant that stands when the baby's born you are still the father and if you have doubts it sounds it seems like you only have doubts now she's sleeping with someone else you didn't have doubts before because you're claiming the baby and you're claiming her on facebook so that means you've already believed that the child's yours so all of that's out the window Sort yourself out, make sure your bank account's intact, your job's intact, because you know you've got to contribute to the raising of this child, because no matter what, you are the biological father. Unless she says that this man is my husband, sole carer, sole provider, and he's going to adopt the child, everything, and then cutting you out, then even then, you, if you want to be involved in the child's life, which you kind of should, because the child at some point is going to probably want to know who their real dad is, 
then you're gonna have to take it to take her to the court. There's nothing in this situation, give this guy the reason to say, I'm not involved. It's his pride that's hurt. He's feeling some type of way. It's nothing to do with nothing. Shut up. <laughs> um, you can be upset. It's just, it's pride. I get it. Have we clarified this? Were they in a relationship before or was this just a bang that went pregnant? It didn't sound like it was a relationship. It literally did sound like I was seeing a girl, she got pregnant and we were done. Like just so then I bet when they were done, he was the one who done it because she was pregnant. It sounds like even. So as I say from my great mafia friend, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a personal preference. I'm not saying for a minute that he has the right to tell her what to do. And if he's using this as an excuse, then he's a dickhead. It's just my own personal thought about somebody else whilst I'm pregnant was not your child. But if that's what that person wants to do, go ahead, more power to you. It's her bits and pieces that she needs, you know, itched. So let her do what she's doing and let him crack on. And also he's making it, I guess for his, sorry, for his hurt pride, he's making it sound like she's just fucking another guy. But sometimes life happens and you meet someone who's meant to be your life partner in some weird type of way. So if this guy is actually the man to be, because if he, this guy, obviously he's going to be like, unless she's really chucking it and she's like, <laughs> I'm pregnant so she's looking at jacket or she doesn't tell him and she's just riding the wave so she can disappear when she starts showing but it, let's just say for making it nice and neat this is her new partner and he knows that she's gonna have a baby that's a pretty hefty guy that's gonna take on someone who's already pregnant and that see in that true. situation so if he's that guy and they have got some inexplicable bond and chemistry it's not just fucking is it it's actually a relationship that's going into a normal place because if they if that guy happened to be the father of their child they would be having sex do you understand so i guess society's imposed its rules of behavior and codes of conduct that we're so used to but, but actually the sperm isn't going to affect the baby it's not going to you know you're not going to get pregnant again it's not going to be extra babies in there so it sounds a bit icky but actually logically it's not that deep Let's just hope that the guy that she's seeing doesn't only like pregnant ladies. <laughs> so I was looking in our inbox and this one came in and looked quite juicy. Um, Dilemmas.youraunties.com at gmail.com for those who haven't sent their dilemmas in. <clears throat> Dear aunties, I've heard that you have been giving advice. Well, I need your help. I've been flirting with a guy at work since lockdown. We haven't been able to talk frequently. We have had to have Zoom meetings. And last week we got on, he was flirting, lots of smiling. After the call, he added me on Instagram. Since then, we have been messaging all day, every day. And I think I'm falling for him. He asked me if I'd like to come over this weekend. He's been staying at home on his own, and so have I. Should I stay or should I go? My, my spidey senses are like, can't you wait? Lockdown's soon done. You don't really need to see each other because you've been work colleagues, so you've known each other already. You've seen each other in the real world. Everyone's on lockdown. There's no particular rush. There's a couple more weeks. Keep on chatting. Do you need to see each other? Because that means... I mean, and again, it doesn't matter when you have sex in some cases, and some cases it does. It depends on how this, how this guy views things and blah, 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 blah. There's more likelihood that you're going to have a rush of things happening because of this environment that we're in. So maybe things might happen a bit faster than it would in the real world. I don't know. I feel like they can wait till post-lockdown and take it from there. The real auntie in me is like, 
this is probably a mistake. It's probably loneliness that is driving you to this dude. Because if there wasn't an attraction at work before, and this scenario has caused an attraction, mm. it, it probably isn't real, like really. So just enjoy the company. Like what happened to those like seven hour combos that you would have with somebody? Like just chat on the phone. It doesn't have to be like, you know, chatting, writing on Instagram. Talk to each other on the phone. Hear his voice. Let his baritones actually like <laughs> soothe you in other ways and caress your, your body in different orifices than him using his tongue. Like let his vocal cords do that for a minute or two. Like we probably only have a couple of weeks anyway. And then if you really like him after talking for a few couple more weeks, then you can link him and you'll know, like actually we've spoken enough. I know so much about him. We really took our time to get to know each other. Yep. And now I want to see him in the physical again. And you may like him for real. But at this moment, you just want to get out of the house. And I understand that. But just go to the park. If you do this, you'll literally be shitting on your doorstep. Because at work, it's not the dumb thing to be doing those things. You need to just think about what you're doing. Because he is a work colleague at the end of the day. What are the implications of you two hooking up? Are you even violating any policies at work? This is someone that you work with. Just make sure you know where you're at in in terms of that but then also as well like like auntie nana is saying like it does sound like this is situational circumstances just like had had you not been in this situation would you be feeling like this and then also you can still get corona my love just because you guys have been you think you've been isolated doesn't mean what have you never been to the shops has no one dropped off post like do you know what i mean you're still interacting with minimal amounts of people so it's still a possibility so no stay at home just wait it's better if things have time to grow and marinate to see so you can see if this person is right for you but at the same time if you're like you super 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 really want to take a risk then go for it also you're taking all the fun out of dating like wait until you're out in the open where you can go and have a conversation sit down and have a meal maybe or do something wait there's no need to rush 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 this because what are you going to do other than go to his house what are you going to do like that's boring come on now if it's meant to be then you can wait Okay, firstly, it's not a couple of weeks. We could be here until September. September, people. September. And when we, if we rewind back to episode one, weren't the single people complaining about the people that were married and saying they weren't getting an et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? I'm too impatient. Get the peen safely and then come back home and then... Keep it on the down low. HR doesn't need to know. HR doesn't need to know. <laughs> Get the pain. Have fun. Come back home. Don't talk about it. Wait, hold on. Is this Auntie Sarita the same Auntie Sarita that won't do it in our house just because someone's in the next room? Uh, that's uh, me. I'm allowed to live my life through other people. But also, also, the single people that were complaining about you wasting peen in your yard is <laughs> the fact that you're wasting peen easily accessible peen. This girl has not got accessible peen and she's gonna risk her life and her health for well, colleagues. I'm, I'm all for others getting the peen whilst I sit here and listen to their tales of cool dating. Let me live my life through single people getting their peen. 
Now, uh, I think there's an element of, yes, risk it all, take life, you, you know, as it comes. We've had suffered all this stuff. We could die tomorrow, all that type of stuff. There is that. And as Sade said, she can take the risk, go there and stay there. I hope she's got no one at risk in her vicinity um, that she's got to come back to just because she risked it all. But it is like, as we've all said, there's an element of, let's date, isn't it? This is a perfect chance to get to know someone in a nice, easy, non-pressured way. This is, we've got literally the government on our side. Let's not leave our houses. And you've actually got something on your side encouraging people to get to know each other properly. That's been taken away. We're all on a fast, fast rush. We don't give people chances. We don't talk anymore. We're quick to go out, quick to meet, quick to fuck, quick to break up. This is a perfect time for all of us to get to know someone properly. So I think take time. But yeah, worst case scenario, we'll have it in the back of their mind. Don't be hoping, necessarily thinking it's going to work. It could just be a ruse because people are feeling lonely. Both of them should be aware that actually go back to work in the real world on Monday morning and they could have an awkward moment by the coffee filter or whatever. You can kind of tell in his behaviour, like, what he wants. He's saying, come to my house. He's not saying, oh, let's meet at a park and go for a walk, or let's, let me send you some takeaway, or let me buy your shopping. He's, there's so many options that he could do to show that he's interested, not come to my house, you know? Yeah, in the real world, yeah. come to my house always means, yeah, man just wants... You know, we'd be like, uh, dear aunties, I think the guy just wants to sleep with me because he asked me to come to his house not to take me to a restaurant. So yeah, same things apply. What if she goes there and the D is dead and she's done all <gasps> that for some dead dick and, and then she has to deal with the dead dick at <gasps> work? Like, there's, there's no point in doing all like that. And then she gets corona for the dead dick. Like, <laughs> Imagine. Imagine. She just makes Low it. Low it. And also, and also Auntie Sarita, like Auntie AK said, we're not talking about dick on tap. Tried and tested, married dick. Yeah, we're talking about potentially dead dick. There's no reason. The dick could be dead and so could she. There is no reason to risk it. Just wait. Date and wait. That's what she needs to do. That was Auntie's No Best. If you have a dilemma, please send them to dilemmas.yourauntiescouldnever at gmail.com. Hey, I'm Auntie Farah and you're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. And now we're about to take you guys back with Black in the Day. So this week I've been thinking about first jobs. You know, like when you were 16 and you got your national, whatever it is, card and you were able to go and get your first job. My first job, I worked in um, a hairdresser's in Chiswick and it was like a Saturday job. And I went and I remember the guy one time was like to me, oh, we're not very busy. Can you go upstairs and wash my dishes? <laughs> and, and I went upstairs and I looked at the kitchen and it was like he'd never washed a dish in the whole time that he'd been there. And I was like, this is not worth my £2.50 or whatever it was that he was giving me. So I snuck out and then I got my cousin to come back with me so I could get my wages for the day. That was my first job. What was your first job? Okay, so my first job, which I actually spoke about today, coincidentally, my first job was cleaning offices. So I was a bit naughty. I got a job before my national insurance card came because I lied about my age. So I think, when does your national insurance card come? Like Just when you're before you're 16. So like oh, a few okay, months before so you're 16. So I think it was like a year before. So I was actually like either 14, 10 or 15 or 15. And I got this job. I can't remember the company, but it was cleaning offices. So I'd have to go in and then um, polish their desk and then hoover. I didn't have to touch bins. 
or toilets. So for that, I was very thankful. And then I got found out because they kept on asking me for my national insurance card every single week. And then I had to come clean. But because they liked me and I was the best cleaner ever, she was like, okay, I'll move you to a different place where you can start earlier because your age group can start earlier and finish earlier. So I got to keep my job just in a different place. I probably got like two pound an hour or something like that. But it was amazing because I was the only one that in my year working. Um, so my first job was in McDonald's in Wharf Road in South London. And um, I worked on the tills. Do you know what? I was, I was living in the hostels then. So not many people had jobs anyway. Um, and I'd always come home with like um, leftover McDonald's food. So I was quite popular in that sense. But I was, I've always been quite busty. <laughs> <laughs> and my shirt didn't fit properly. And I used to have bare guys in my queue. <laughs> in my queue every day. And um, I think I met one of my first boyfriends as well. So that was a bit nuts. But I didn't keep the job for long because my sisters came down and a couple of our friends and I gave them all free food. And my manager was like, uh, do you want to explain what you just done? And I was like, no. <laughs> so I just... And then I went and sat with them. <laughs> Mind you, I was like 16. Like, you know what I mean? So I was just like, no, nah, that looks more fun. So I'm going to go sit with them. And that was the end of that. Aww. You probably <laughs> served me. Probably. Because I, lived, I lived in South for a very, very small second. And it was them times. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. In that area as well. <laughs> I think I could say it was probably working from like about seven years old once I knew how to sew because my mum, you, you didn't get any pocket money. So you had to work for your pocket money. So I probably started working from seven, oh. making the insides of hats and I'd get paid 10p a hat. Oh. So then I would do loads of those. Child labour. Like, basically, to, yeah, to, to make pocket money. And oh. then on my own ventures, I started off with um, hair wraps. Can you remember like white girls after the summer holidays, they would come in and they would have like a strand of oh. different colours embroidery yeah. Like, through the 90s. Yeah, I used to do that at all the festivals. So oh. I could do so well. My best festival was Sidma Festival in Devon. And it's a seven day festival that I'd go with my mum because she was selling her and my sister's stuff. And oh. I was set up in the front with my embroidery threads and I came back with £900. <gasps> wow. wow. Yeah, I was, I was 13. Wow. No way. I took my friends shopping. Like, That's we wicked. went up the street and came back with bags oh. of stuff. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, I, I blew all that money though in the weekend. But yeah, that would be <laughs> like my first wow that's <laughs> um, so cool that is wicked my first job was in a convent for some reason my friend got us a job working as um assistant chefs in the kitchens of this convent and we'd cook lunch with the nuns and then eat lunch with the nuns and i think we got like 7.50 each i don't seven pound fifty yeah seven pound fifty each and i don't know where or why or how i got the job and i remember that was the first time i had veal because that was one of the lunches we prepared food it was like a proper mm. kitchen and proper prep, like, I don't understand it. I don't remember. I just had that memory that we, that's what we did for a bit. But then my first real job, like, was um, as a hairdresser at my auntie's. Because when I got kicked out of college when I was 16, first year, 
my mum was like, you're not sitting on your ass, so you better go somewhere. So she sent me to my auntie. She had a hairdressers in White City out of her flat and it was like served like the whole community. So it was super busy. And yeah, that's where I was trained officially to be a hairdresser. And that was my first proper job. Second proper job, I suppose. But convent thing has got me stumped. Um, how do you get a job as a chef with no training and no <laughs> certificate? <laughs> or any and you're a kid in an adult place auntie joyce newton i'll message her and i'll find out because it was in battersea it was, it was near battersea park because she lived in Chapman junction she got us a job i don't know if it's attached to her maybe she went to the church and they were looking for assistance i don't know what it was it might have been something as innocent as maybe it was her mum's church i don't know i that's we were about i know we were still in school because i went to secondary school with joyce so it was like maybe when we were about 14 15 and it didn't last very long just remember every Saturday going in there and prepping food. And I messed up. Well, I remember that, the first, that was the first time I had veal, first and last time I had veal because that was one of the lunches. Don't know. Mad. That's mad. Oh, that child labour one, Nana. Yeah, I'm familiar with that too. If we're, if we're talking about that kind of job, then yeah, my mum had me doing cleaning down all the skirting boards and washing the doors down for £5 a week and emptying the bins when I was like probably about eight. I mean, I often get my kids to do chores, but <laughs> not for money. Mm. I'm like, for not paying them. I yes. give them lots no. of money. No. So, no. okay, the little one, he puts all the toilet paper in all the toilets, and the other one does, like, the dog poop in the garden and the recycling. Should I be paying them? No. 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 <laughs> no, no. Do you know what? If you feel like you want to teach them about business and stuff, I don't think there's anything wrong with that and re- working for reward and getting paid and talk, teach, teach them about saving. It's a way to do it, because what else could they do? So that, mm. I don't mind that if there's something behind it, but generally they shouldn't be thought, well, I need to get paid to do something I'm supposed to fucking do in the house. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what okay. I'm saying. It's like your chores okay. are your chores, but like my youngest one, because he likes computers, he's doing a little business thing of like, if you need something done on a computer, then you pay me. He just came with a business idea. Like I oh, do computers, yeah. so pay me to do your computer stuff. But not chores, unless it's above yeah. and beyond. But I don't think chores should be paid for. I think they need no. to come with a good no. idea and mm. then you pay them because then they learn about business, really, like how you manage your money, da-da-da. Hey, I'm Auntie Shade. You're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. It's almost time to wrap up. Before we do, aunties, what's made you sad, mad or glad? Sad for me today, it's it's just just nippy. I'm not really feeling this nippiness. And I keep flipping between turning my heating on and turning it off because our flat can get really, really, really hot. And my daughter's bedroom gets super hot, so she hates it when it's on. But I hate being in the flat and being cold because I'm I'm reminded of back in the day when I was younger and mum was like, we're not putting the heating on find some socks and jumpers. And I used to think that's so dumb. We're in the house, put the heating on. Obviously, as an adult, I get it. But I don't like being cold in my flat and my feet are cold and it's annoying me. So I just want the wheat weather to be warm. What's made me mad? We ordered a wardrobe for my daughter. It came, it took us nearly the whole freaking day to do it. Stuff's not aligned right. The instructions were ridiculous. And I'm just really angry because it doesn't look good. And normally I'm the DIY queen in our flat and we don't, I have not had this much of an issue forever and so I'm just pissed that it doesn't look right and we've had to complain and, and what I'm glad about um yeah I'm all right I don't know I don't have a glad but I'm not I'm not I'm not you know upset so I guess I'm just happy for another new day I don't have a sad or a mad I'm just generally glad at life in general and also because Beyonce and Megan brought our remix to Savage Ooh. and it was amazing 
and my aloe vera plant came and my weights came and my resistance band came as well so I'm very happy I'm a happy bunny this week everything seems to be going right so I'm sad that I noticed Erica Badu getting dragged on Facebook and Twitter and stuff about dating that she is also unemployed when fan kind of was like so you're charging people for things and then people started calling her tone deaf and yeah I just really like Erica Badu I feel like she's misunderstood she has said a few things that are a bit wayward but generally I really like just feel for her so that made me a bit sad seeing that she was getting dragged again I'm mad at the video of Tyra Banks and Naomi <laughs> Campbell when Naomi Campbell was on her show because Tyra Banks was trying it and it really pissed me off that she was actually trying to throw Auntie Naomi under the bus all those years ago. So that made me mad today. I'm thoroughly glad that the sun is out and they're saying it's going to be nice from next week. My sad, I miss my cleaner. Is that really bad? I don't know. No, what I miss my cleaners. I work from home. We have cleaners. I don't have time to work from home and clean my house. So imagine I work and my partner works. And we have to raise the kids. I don't have time to clean my house. So I miss my cleaners. So yeah, that's my sad. Mad people watching Insecure and doing spoilers online. I like to watch things on the TV. So I don't like go to these sites and watch things online. I hate it. I like to watch it in the comfort of my own home. So all these people doing insecure spoilers, can you please stop? It's very annoying. Okay, so my glad, <laughs> I'm glad I've got this time to reflect and assess my life. And I have put in like a five-year goal. Like I have plans, which I didn't have time to sit down and do before. But now I feel like I've got the time to think about these things and where my life is going. And that's it. I don't have a mad. I am glad that I actually feel better because I've been exercising. So I can say that I'm glad that um, my daily exercise is starting to make me feel a little bit healthier. And now I'm like, every day I, I have to do it. So I'm at that stage, so I'm glad. Still ain't going to go to the gym when it opens because I'm just not a gym person. <laughs> I think this exercising from home thing is definitely for me I'm enjoying it I can do it at any time that I want and I can hit mm -hmm. my shower straight away so I am very glad that all these online courses are popping up or maybe it's just that I'm looking at them so I'm glad about that I am sad that I'm still gonna be in lockdown when it's my birthday I know it's in weeks but that's my sad and that's it do hit us up on Instagram and let us know what's made you sad mad and glad Hold up, wait before we go. Um, my unpopular opinion. The word queen to me possibly is associated with black women. And I think I get slightly miffed or I feel a certain way when I see BAME or possibly not black women using the term queen and profiting off of the word queen. So you know you get like t-shirts that say queen or whatever jewelry and stuff. I don't like it. And I don't know if I'm wrong for doing that. But yeah, that's possibly, I don't know, because I don't know how other people feel about this. 
my unpopular thing. <laughs> if you want to follow the aunties, here's how you can. You can follow me, Auntie AK, on all plat- social media platforms at The British Blacklist. You can follow me, Auntie Nana, on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest and Twitter at Love Yaya. You can follow me, Auntie Shade at Shade Salami on all platforms. You can follow me, Auntie Sarita, on most platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, at Hey Sarita. And you can follow me, Auntie Farah, on Instagram at FarOutProductions77. Hey, I'm Auntie Sarita, and you've been listening to Your Aunties Could Never, hosted by The British Blacklist. Head over to SoundCloud, Apple, and Spotify to listen back. Don't forget to follow us on Your Aunties Could Never over at Instagram. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow and comment. Bye.